gentlemen, boys and girls, guests or hosts of any hat color, welcome back to Westworld Weekly, a host and guest guide to the park and general AI revolt. I'm your host, Beef, and this week we have no guests in the park. All right, welcome back. This week, Season 2, Episode 2, The Reunion. A little bit later on, we have some listener letters, so if you want to get a hold of us, shoot us an email to westworldweekly at gmail.com. We're going to get right into it, though, because uh, there's a lot of great dialogue that we got to dissect on this one. The reunion opens with Dolores and Arnold. Obviously, clearly they're in the real world, in our world. And Dolores wakes up and asks, am I in a dream? And he says, no, you're in our world. He replies with, looks like the stars have been scattered across the ground. Have you ever seen anything so full of splendor? I have, but it's better to see it through your eyes. You get used to it after a while. It doesn't look like anything at all. So it's interesting that early on, Dolores was getting this stuff from Arnold. She's regurgitating his lines. There's a lot of bleed through on the dialogue on this episode, and you don't know who started it first or whatnot, because later you find out that she has heard that So Full of Splendor line from William as well later on. From the background, you hear Ford's voice saying, it's almost time, Arnold. Is she ready? And they kind of quip back and forth, and Ford says something to Arnold about how you've always had an unhealthy affinity for her. And he says, we'll have to go with the other girl. Ford's quips back with, Arnold, you have to let go at some point in time. Cut to Arnold and Dolores walking through the city, and he takes her to his new home. He's building for his family, saying that life's been good to him. He's still quite fortunate. And Dolores asks, do you live here? No, my wife says I live in the park. I'm moving my family here. I need to have my two worlds at least within reach of one another. What does that mean? Is that mean that the West world is wherever the hosts are right now? They technically don't have a park yet because they don't even have startup money, which we'll find out here shortly in a little bit. So do they have an island that they're starting with and then it grows later on? Or is this just he's saying he gets flights from one place to another, so he has to have them near a major city and airport? Uh, The symbol on all the building blocks that he's building his new house out of. My buddy Kevin thinks it has meaning. I mean, the blocks do seem strange and off. Uh, The Dolores talking to Arnold about Charlie and how they're so alike and excited to meet each other. Be kind of interesting to see if they ever actually do, if that'll be another flashback we get. Arnold is talking about how he doesn't believe that we as people are ready for the world or we deserve it anymore. And Dolores says, a strange new light can be as frightening as the dark. Very wise, Dolores, but sometimes I think we simply aren't the ones who deserve it. She looks back out across the city and says, uh, she almost resets. She starts her stars scattered across the ground line again. Have you ever seen anything so full of splendor? Did she reset? Was it too much? Is occasionally, are they prone to flipping back into their loop? I mean, I don't know, because... Arnold seemed quite disappointed as soon as that happened. Then we cut to the park shortly after the revolt or the incident, and a party goer barges in to Section 19 Remote Refurbishment Outpost, and there's a bunch of butchers trying to repair people, whining about where the replacements are because they've been working 13 hours. Dolores, Angela, and Teddy barge in. Teddy still isn't so sure of anything. He's got that look on his face where he's confused, he's scared, and he doesn't want to deal with it. The guest says, you have no idea what you're up against. What's really out there? Dolores quips back with, I know exactly what's out in your world. I've been there before. 
and cut to the clips of the Kanye West song, Runaway. Great song, great cover, all piano, awesome. Then you flip over to the Logan, William, and some other gentleman having drinks. Looks like a meeting, potentially. Actually, as Logan called it, I believe he said it was glad-handing. Well, William peels off and heads somewhere else, and Logan is sitting there with the gentleman, and another man comes up with a woman that we know, and later to find out to be Angela, and they say that they're with the Argos Initiative. Logan quips back with, they've had so much secrecy and cloak and dagger shit and extra protection, he thought he'd get kidnapped at the airport. Basically, the Argos Initiative there is there to get more money or invest in it. Logan says, do you have any idea how many startups are begging me for my cash? AI, AR, VR. So, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, virtual reality? I don't know. I don't know what the AR is. Everyone is rushing to build the virtual world. We offer something a little more tangible. I like the way she chews on tangible there. Uh, They take him somewhere else to another private room. It's a room with people kind of mingling, like a small cocktail party. Logan walks in and says, I thought this was a private demonstration. Angela says, this is a private demonstration. It has already started. Logan slowly starts to get what's going on. He's looking around the room. She says, talk to them. See if you can pick them out. He, He comes back with, this is delicious. He walks around and he sees everybody doing all the little cues. The guy cleaning his glasses, the woman with her bra strap, people staring or lingering just a bit too long with their gaze. And he says, uh, they're all so painfully human. Hang on. No way. He kind of sees out of the corner of his eye that Angela is standing very firm and not moving. And he flips out. No fucking way. And he doesn't believe it, so he says, you're going to have to prove it. And she kind of chuckles and holds her hand up. And the entire room freezes. Everyone. They zoom in on the piano player. And you see it's Clementine. You see other faces in the room you've recognized. But a lot of them, I think this is just a plant as well. They kind of planted a bunch of new faces that you'd see in season two. So you'd know which ones were robots. She then says after the whole room freezes. And he says, how? We're not here yet. We're not here. She says, welcome to Westworld. So where is Westworld? Is Westworld anywhere the robots are? Is Westworld a collective for a term for experiencing a place with them? Because, I mean, they were in a hotel room and she said, welcome to Westworld. Maybe it was just a sales line. I don't know. Uh, She froze them, though, and she didn't freeze. Could have just been programming, but was she real then? Cloned maybe a robot later? But she does say, we are all here. All of our hosts are here for you, Mr. Delos. And then they get all frisky. Uh, The morning after, Angela's got a great ass. And Dolores sees Angela waking up and getting dressed. Kind of has a little look on her face. This also makes sense why later, when William first visits the park with Logan, Logan doesn't even look at Angela when they get off the train. He kind of just offers William William up his sloppy seconds. It's kind of an underhanded thing. Dolores demands Teddy be shown his history, all of his deaths. That was kind of cool. I, it's obviously less jarring than giving being given all of your memory like they did with Bernard slash Arnold because Teddy doesn't have to deal with it altogether, but now you're just seeing your dead body a handful of times and trying to process what that means. So I think that could be equally as messed up. And next, of course, we cut to Lawrence hanging upside down 
with ants crawling out of an anthill all over his face and the Pardue brothers giving him shit about stealing their horses. In the distance, a shadowy figure, William in black, rides up. And, of course, he saves the day. And Lawrence says his, Motherfucker! And William in black quips back with, The Pardue brothers aren't as easy to kill when they're off their leash. And right then, one of them shoots him with a shotgun. So, William in black has to struggle with this guy, get the gun from Lawrence, and then blow the one of the Pardue brothers' brains out. But clearly... He is having fun the entire time. He's still smiling. He's grinning. He's enjoying this park more than he has in years now that the consequences are real. Cut to uh, Lawrence and William and Black walking into a saloon. William and Black goes over and knocks on the wall and finds a hollow spot and punches it in. And Lawrence says, what are you doing? William and Black says, technically, cheating. And he's got a first aid style butcher kit that was hidden in the wall with a surgical cautery tool and looks like gauze and all the good stuff that he's going to need now that this world is real. William and Black says to Lawrence, this whole enterprise is going down in flames and it'll take each and every one of us down with it. We'll be dead soon enough, real dead this time. In the little time we have left, we get a chance to see what we're really made of, a glimpse of the men we could have been. Uh, it talks about coming into sin and sin in their world. That's why your world exists. They wanted a place they could sin in peace. But we were watching them. We were tallying up all their sins, all their choices. Of course, judgment wasn't the point. We had something else entirely in mind. So that line right there leads me to believe again that maybe it is more like Lobster's theory. Uh, if judgment wasn't the issue, then that doesn't sound like they're going to be blackmailing people. It sounds more like they're using... All of these acts and all of these tallied up things for something greater. Maybe a robot clone or a life model decoy or whatever the hell it has to be in this world. The thing that later they flip the switch and they do all of Delos's bidding. But I have received my judgment all the same. And I take issue with it. Because up until this point, the stakes in this place haven't been real. So I'm going to fight my way back and appeal the verdict. And then I'm going to burn this whole fucking thing to the ground. So he's pissed off that it finally switched and he was in there. Or that the board was going to force him out too. I don't understand what judgment or verdict he means. Why did they? What did they render to him, the board? Or is it just the world? Is he pissed off that Ford set him up for this? I don't understand that part. Cut back to Teddy, Dolores, and Angela in the basement of the refurbishing center. And they have a guy's face in the white goo that they use to skin the hosts. And he's like, it burns, it burns. And they ask him, how many of you will come for us? And he says, 600 to 800, protocol for system-wide failure, secure one sector at a time. They'll meet at a rally point. Uh, they uncuff him and he points to an island off the coast of a larger landmass. So does that mean this place isn't a very huge island? And they just, in the first couple scenes we saw last week, the island that they were landing on was just literally a beachhead, just a rallying point, the first sector that they're going to gather their stuff, clear it, and then move on. I kind of like that idea because otherwise this island, if it contains all of the parks, would have to be astronomically huge. But they have used the word terraforming a handful of times in both these first two episodes. Dolores thinks it'd be a good idea to grab her own butcher with uh, reprogramming knowledge. 
because she has one reprogrammed the Confederado to ship him back to his people or his, you know, band of Confederados. But why doesn't she take the time to fix his face? I guess either way, they would know that they had buried him with a belly full of Mexican lead. Uh, Dolores goes on to ask the guy that she was almost drowning, do you even know what you're guarding here? The real purpose for this place? Uh, We cut to the morning scene that we've seen probably 50 times as of now, where Dolores drops her can and it rolls and Teddy picks it up. Instantly, everybody freezes. Again, this show. They did it in this episode right now, I'm talking about when the helicopter flies over, and they did it earlier on at the private screening for Logan. I don't know how they get all of these actors or the majority of them to stop and hammer time and not move at all for whatever shots they're in. It's, a, it's an amazing thing that I don't think I could ever do. But so the everybody in the town freezes and a helicopter flies by while a little bit older gentleman gets out and he says, you know, this place is hemorrhaging cash, maybe two or three years. Uh, you know, I'll tell you one thing. You were right. It is fucking pretty. And he's looking right at Dolores and they zoom out and William's right behind him. This is Logan's father, William's father-in-law, either now or soon to be father-in-law. But he basically gives him a spiel. Tells him, you know, this is the only world that's going to matter in the future. Uh, Papadellos isn't having it because clearly he's going to be dead in 20 or 30 years. But William quips back with, nobody's watching, nobody's judging. At least that's what we tell them. Here they're free. So then uh, Papadellos gets up and you know, kind of says, okay, well, I'm listening now. Let's see what we can do. As they walk away, though, they kind of zoom out and you see that Delo. You see that Dolores is always around to hear these conversations and remember these conversations later on because she has access to all of her memories with the reveries. That's not going to be good after a while. Teddy and Dolores are standing around a campfire waiting to get word whenever the Confederado finds his people. And Maeve and Hector come up. And Dolores and Maeve have a nice little exchange about, you know, we are bound by the future or death here and now. Feels like Dolores is still kind of doing her own programming, her own loop thing. Um, She isn't seeing the greater picture necessarily. She's still going off hate and rage where Maeve seems to be more clear-eyed. But Dolores does let Maeve pass. After Maeve says some great line about revenge is just a different prayer altar and I'm off my knees. We cut back to the Confederado scene where they talk about burying their buddy with three ounces of Mexican lead in his belly. And Dolores goes on to explain to the leader exactly what he plans to do the next day and why he hasn't done it as of yet. And basically, she knows his future. How? Is she becoming Neil more than Maeve? Or what is up with her? Right before the shootout, Confederados are being extremely rude to Dolores, talking about which one I'm going to keep for you and which one I'm going to share with my men. And Teddy pipes up. Dolores says, they don't know any better. It's in their nature. This is another line that's said a couple times. Is this something just to lead us off? Or do they mean nature of the DNA that they use to clone these things? Or is it just bad code, bad programming? I don't know. Blam, 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 blam. They're all dead. Dolores looks him back. Dolores doesn't even use a gun. Teddy two-fists it and Angela uses one hand. They kill all the Confederados. Dolores looks back and just nods to her version of not Felix and she wakes up the Confederado 
and she talks about she was sick of dealing with the old god so she killed him so now if he wants to apply any favors with god he will be needing her to get or needing her favor to get in heaven thing but i don't mave is doing it so much better she's recruiting people letting people know and see what their future may hold where dolores is like blackmailing and forcing people into accepting her reality and her world and i don't think that's it's not going to go well for her in the long run i think that's going to backfire for her all right cut to what we see is another real world type shot uh it's a retirement party and as we're kind of walking through the party you're following a blonde with a tray and a white dress and as you see her walk into this party a little girl walks by in a white dress. She's walking towards the camera, and it's Lawrence's daughter. Why have a kid robot at the party? Or is it cloning? Is it later, this was a real girl, and then she died, and then they cloned her and put her in the park? Was it a real girl that, I don't know, they made a clone of, and then they put her back out in the real world? I don't know why, but why would you have a robot child or a child robot at a party? I understand you have some to you know, play the piano or maybe make out with guests or do whatever the hell they want. But why would you have a kid robot there? That doesn't make sense to me. Uh, follow that blonde with the tray and you zoom into another blonde who's playing the piano and it's Dolores. And the little girl walks up behind her and says, you're beautiful. Off camera, you hear Emily, come here, please. They zoom out and the little girl runs over to a woman and William walks up to the woman and kisses her on the cheek. So it's William's wife and daughter. And then William and Dolores look at each other and lock gazes. Don't look away from each other. Kind of smile. And you can clearly see William's wife tense up and get kind of a shitty look on her face. She knows something isn't right. Or maybe she knows that this is the robot he almost left her for. As he's walking over to Dolores, William gets interrupted by his father-in-law. I see you sent out for the entertainment. Well, you only get to retire once. Don't worry, they won't leave the grounds. His father-in-law crips back with, this is a retirement party? I couldn't tell. Looks like looks more like a coronation. Our arrangement's been a perfect fit. You stepping down doesn't help me at all. Nor me, his father-in-law crips back. I was told <coughs> I might not have to. Well, things are progressing, but we all need a little patience. Yeah, well... <coughs> Some of us <laughs> can afford to have more patience than others. So, from that little quip right there, this sounds like part of my idea might be right. That they are working on life extension, or at least they were back before Papa Delos died. Uh, some form of life extension. Consciousness transfer, transfer into a new body. Even if the bodies weren't cloned back then, they were just robotic they still had some idea because he is right there. He says, things are progressing, but we need a little bit of patience. Yeah, well, some of us can afford to have more patience than others, meaning he's dying and it's going to be quick. Now, apparently he also hates Chopin. Cut to an evening shot of the exterior, that same beautiful house that they're at, and Dolores walks down to the beach, and she stumbles upon a drugged-out Logan or drugged out Logan shooting up drugs. She does her, have you ever seen anything so full of splendor line? Logan is so faded he can't even remember her name. It's you, pretty girl. Tell me your name again, pretty girl. Some of his next lines here I think are kind of interesting to dissect. He goes, 
Do you want to know what they're really celebrating up there? That, darling, is the sound of fools fiddling while the whole fucking species starts to burn. And the funniest part? They lit the match. And he takes a sip of his drink and he holds it up again and he says, So here's to you, assholes. May your forever be blissfully short. Now, there's two ways I take this. So, both ways. Phrasing. He says that, may your forever be blissfully short. He holds his glass up and you could take that as he's saying it to Dolores. May your forever, he knows somehow the robots are going to last longer, potentially outlive people. May your forever be blissfully short. Or is he saying that to the people up in the house, the Delos people, because may their forever, their life extension, their conscious transfer, may that be blissfully short. Because he knows he's not part of the inner circle anymore, so he won't be in on it, if you will. I don't know, that's something to pick apart that came to me on my second viewing. We cut back to William and Black and Lawrence. And from a distance, Pariah is burning. But they're still on their mission to find an army to make their way to the pearly gates or the door and get the hell out of this game. As they're walking through Pariah, Gustavo Elazo Fring, Giancarlo Esposito, God, I love him, pops up from out of nowhere. And his band of bad guys surround Lawrence and William and Black. And William and Black says, don't you recognize him and Lawrence? In a past life, you were him. Elazo, I presume. So it's cool that they reprogrammed him and shuffled him around. Or, again, is this the same thing from the first season? It's just the time jump. Lawrence, that body was Elazo years ago. And then now in this future normal timeline, he's just Lawrence and someone else has been Elazo for a while. Could be either way. Uh, they kind of have a standoff. El Lazo, the new El Lazo and William and Black, talking about elephants, mighty creatures held in place with a stake just because the animals never tried to pull him up again. Uh, he says he will not help him, but they can have a toast. And William and Black snags El Lazo. Tell your men to follow me now. The new El Lazo quips back with, This game was meant for you, William, but you must play it alone. All of his men instantly point their guns at their heads and blow their brains out. I'll see you in the Valium Beyond, William. And El Lazo grabs William's gun and blows his own brains out. And William in black quips, fuck you, Robert. And blam, 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 fires three or four shots into El Lazo's corpse. Lawrence asks, who the fuck is Robert? Is he the man that built this place we're looking for? This place of judgment? No, Lawrence, he doesn't get that honor. I built it. And this place we're going to is my greatest mistake. Okay, well, where the hell are they going? If he built it, is this the secretive thing that he sees, uh, that he shows Dolores at the end of the episode? He built it, whatever that may be. Maybe it's the life model decoy uh, production factory. Maybe that's the weapon. Or maybe is it more parks? Maybe it's Park 2. Maybe it's Shogun World. Maybe he gave the company more ways through these other parks to get more info on other people i don't know i think it's more the weapon or the life model decoy factory but it could be anything william bringing dolores back online uh years ago you really are just a thing i can't believe i fell in love with you do you know what saved me i realized it wasn't about you at all you didn't make me interesting you remade me interested in me Turns out you're not even a thing. 
you're a reflection. Do you know who loves staring at their own reflection? Everybody. Everybody wants a little bit of what I found here, and I can't wait to use you and every one of your kind to help give it to them. That's, that's, I mean, you want to root for him now in the William and Black storyline, but back in the day, he was good too, and then he lost his shit, and now it's like this middle, this middle part of evil William, you know? He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He wants to use them to make money. He wants to get back at Dolores, it seems like. He goes on to say, but there is something else, something beyond that. I think there's an answer here to a question no one's ever dreamed of asking. Do you want to see it? He takes her out to a canyon, kind of Ford-style digging machine, or it's burying something. But they look over, and William says, have you ever seen anything so full of splendor? Is William a robot? I mean, no, he isn't. But maybe is he? Is he... Was there a switch now when William's a life model decoy in that scene and he said that stuff? I mean, because that's been uh, Dolores' line two or three times in this episode. Have you ever seen anything so full of of splendor? I don't know. It hurts. That line and the line of it's in their nature, they said twice this episode. William Black said it to Lawrence when they were at the bar and he said, you know, you're just a tour bit tour guide. And he goes, and you're going to help me, Lawrence. And he goes, why would I do that? And he said, because it's in your nature. So that whole, it's in your nature, and have you ever seen anything so full of splendor, seemed to be a repeated, almost robotic line. So it's weird to hear some of them from our quote-unquote human characters. Because again, where does it fall in the timeline? Is William a host or one of these life model decoys now at this point in time? Cut back to Dolores speaking with Teddy about, you know, they're going for glory. They're going to the valley beyond. It seems like they're all the same place. Dolores says, it doesn't matter what you call it. I know what we're going to find there. An old friend was foolish enough to show me long ago. It's not a place. It's a weapon. And I'm going to use it to destroy them. Is this the clone copying infiltration tech, the life model decoy stuff? And she can go there and either produce more of the board members that they just slaughtered and shipped them back out into the real world? Or can she go there and flip a switch or update these life model decoys programming to do their bidding in the real world or just flip a switch to exterminate and then they go nuts and kill everybody? I don't know. It's a lot to unpack in this episode. I'm sorry it was so stream of consciousness and right off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, that's what you get when I got no one here in the park to help rein me in. Don't look now, just before or just after the second season aired, Westworld was renewed for a season three. So yay, we will have a lot more episodes, at least 10 more. We got some listener letters. Again, if you want to play along and send in your thoughts, theories, tell me I'm an idiot, tell me you agree with some of my stuff, or tell me why I'm wrong in some stuff, feel free to hit us up, westworldweekly at gmail.com, or you can find us at Westworld Weekly on Twitter and Westworld Weekly on Facebook as well. All right, first couple come from Andy. He goes back with a recap for Journey Into Night as well. 
says, I never get tired of such a gorgeous title sequence and theme like for Westworld. The opening scene in 16.9 reminds me how Legion on FX plays with the format. And that's true, too. I like rewatching this opening scene, even though I've seen them all a bunch of times. It's cool to see how they change them and tweak them because they do occasionally from each episode. Uh, Arnold's not completely answer. I don't understand her thought process here. Again, that whole talk they had in the beginning of the uh, first uh, first episode, we don't know when that was. If it was now, before, later... It could have been way long ago, right after he lost his kid, too. He goes on to say, So much had to have happened in the two weeks with Dolores, Bernard, and Teddy, and we only see glimpses. The glass in the sand makes it appear as if he was transported directly from Journey into Night Party, but that's not true. So Stubbs only had a friendly chat with the native hosts at the end of last season? Yeah, see, you feel me, too. At first, he didn't recognize that flocky actor from vikings is playing carl strand i have no idea who that is i have not seen vikings i'm a horrible person but i hear it's good hmm so why did dolores hunt the native hosts um i didn't understand that either is it maybe just something in her old programming because she's settler's daughter to be afraid of natives you know back in the day i i don't know why they would program that in her but the entertainer song tom and jerry cartoon series always good to see some cartoons he agreed with us. Teddy doesn't look too happy about her actions. Maybe that is why he ends up in the... Ha ha. Ha ha. Teddy doesn't look too happy with her actions. Maybe that's why he ends up in the Teddy flood. He ends up in the flood, but he's got Teddy right before it in brackets, so it's kind of fun. Uh, maybe that's why he ends up in the flood. Bloody William with that smirk. He enjoys the new rules in the park. Yeah, he's enjoying it all too well. He goes on to ask, where is Armistice without her arm? I need more Armistice in my life. I've missed her a lot. So yeah, where is she? Did she get out? He goes on to say, such a great map, but either out of focus or at a bad angle. What map am I missing from the first episode? I know they went in to go see the map of the room, but it was in the floor. And the map that they looked at was on the wall, he said, didn't work anymore. Uh, yeah, sneaky, si sneaky Sizemore being a douche. What if they're dressed like guests? The drone hosts are swabbing the nude hosts for fluids like spit and semen, most likely to get DNA from the guests. What is Delos Endgame? Uh, we talked a little bit about that last week, a little bit more about it this week. Um, Lobster think it's like life model decoy infiltration, getting these quote-unquote people back out into the world and having Delos's control over them. I think it might be that, and I also think it's life extension and blackmail. That kid was really good, though we might see him again in the earlier years of Westworld. Yeah, the kid actor was good, but I think he's getting way too old. Do you expect a door like that at the end of the Truman Show, at the end of the ocean? Um, yeah, potentially. I mean, they're going in and out of this world. No, because then it would have to be all one big building. And it showed them going to an island. Unless all of that, including the ocean, is in a big building. Oh my god, I don't know. Won't the trousers chafe Sizemore without underpants? Yeah, I mean, maybe, but I don't think Maeve is worried about that at all. This electronic theme in the present, Cody Fingers, along the beach, and when they enter Escalante, what's his face? Ramin Dejwadi pulls it out of the park again. Yeah, the composer, they are killing it with the music again. 
both episodes. I'm sure this season, if it's half as good as last season, is going to be awesome. All the hosts cluttered together in the valley. I expected something along the lines of the wildling army in Game of Thrones. Yeah, I said the uh, the colonists from Aliens, but same thing. Andy goes on to say, my theory, they're all just shut off. So the cleanup crew will transport them back to headquarters where the hosts will turn themselves on again. I'm adding this last part. And slaughter. All right, Andy's uh, quick thoughts on Season 2, Episode 2, Reunion. Arnold cleaning his glasses, the classic trick. The music from the trailer when it cuts to the party. Yeah, I love that. I love everything that they're doing with the music again. It's just stupid good. (laughs) He goes on to say, when Logan says, you'll have to prove it. Translation, can you fuck it? Uh, I think that's where he was going, but then he was even more shocked when he realized that the whole room was hosts. Elazo is back, who enjoys motherfucker more. Lawrence or Sam Jackson? I'm pretty sure Lawrence does. Sam Jackson's made a career on it, but Lawrence is making it happen every time. Welcome to Delos Theme Parks, a place you can sin in peace. Essential theme for Delos Enterprise. Hell yeah, that could be cool. Judgment wasn't the point. Maybe more something like extortion. Yeah, I could see that. William really is a cheeky little cunt. I do like it when his uh, father-in-law says that. Gus Fring? I know, that's exactly what I said. I love seeing him. As soon as I heard his voice, I was like, Oh my God, Fring! The Death Star? Or flooding the valley to get the host invasion forces inside? I don't know what you mean about the Death Star, sir, but I do like the flooding the valley thing on purpose to get them into the building. Thanks, Andy, for your letters. Keep them coming. All right, the next one comes from Jake. Jake says, sorry it took me until now to watch episode two. No problem, man. I just, you know, rush all my good people for their thoughts. Not that much in the way of revelations. Are you crazy? The question I think we're still building to is whether or not Maeve and Dolores are exerting free will or were they programmed? If I had to guess right now, Maeve is free and Dolores is following a program. Jake. Ah, I see. I kind of talked on that a little bit earlier. I kind of feel the same way. It feels like Maeve is more free, even if she's somewhat programmed to do the greater strokes of, you know, in a mainland infiltrate, all that. Dolores just seems like she's so pent up with anger that it's almost like more programming still. Could be wrong. Next one comes from Gaff. So much to unpack. Main takeaway is confrontation that Delos was seeking guest data a la Facebook, Google, Cambridge, Analytic, but on a much grander and more intimate scale. Dolores in the real world is clearly a bit of babe in the woods, but she seems to be absorbing everything around her like a sponge, forming her life experience. Even if she is wiped with each reboot, it is clear something remains imprinted permanently. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't... I don't think she has access to all of her memories like, say... Bernard does, but she clearly, the reveries are giving her more access to everything, or at least more access to more things because she's been alive, Cody Fingers. Uh, She's been powered up for 35 years, so she's had more experiences to remember. Um, But yeah, she's, she's definitely got enough anger in there to keep things rolling. So It's nice to see that she is absorbing every single thing that's set around her because she always has that face. Like uh, her eyes just twinkle, but you can see she's taking everything in and it's not going to be good for people. 
All right, the last one we have comes from Bearded Dragon. What's up, Westworld Weekly? Just got a few things to throw out this week. First, they give a big hint in the opening scene of exactly what Asian country they are in. On the way to the house that Arnold is building, there's an Asian character on the wall behind them that looks like, after looking at many different languages, Korean. I could be wrong, but looks closest. Second, I feel like the plot picture is getting a little clearer now. Marketing data? Seems like that's the real reason William used to convince James Delos to further invest in the park. Using guest experiences to better understand the consumers. It also raises a few questions. What does Delos sell? I think they're like, uh, what the hell is that? We don't make the products you use. We make them better. Whatever that. Or underwriter laboratories. I think they're in everything. Uh, what is their main industry? Is the weapon what all their characters seem to be converging on? Guest information that Delos is going to release to the world? That could be. I mean, if she dumps, if if the world finds out that Delos has been mining all this data, saving all this data, and keeping it, collating it with people's IDs and DNA, that would be an instant fall of a company. If all they wanted was guest marketing data, why are they keeping guests' DNA? Finally, who is management? We know management has different motives than the shareholders. I'm assuming the shareholders are in on the marketing data part because it correlates directly with profit. But who's above them in management and what do they want to do with the people's DNA information? Guessing something deeper and more diabolical than just blackmailing people. That's all I got for now. Thanks for the time. Bearded Dragon. Yeah, Bearded Dragon. I mean, the more all these things keep coming out, I think it is a little bit of blackmail you know, maybe for this or that, but it's not, that's not their end game. Their end game, I think, is the life extension, is the life model decoys to infiltrate certain things. Whether those things actually know they work for Delos or they don't, that's still left to be, you know, seen. Either way, thank you guys, Andy, Jake from State Farm, Gaff, and Bearded Dragon. Thank you guys for writing in. Anybody, if you want to write in, send me crazy thoughts and theories westworldweekly at gmail.com and we will definitely get them on the show thank you everybody for listening together we should be able to stay ahead of this inevitable AI revolt if you want to drop us a line hit us up on twitter at westworldweekly and if you want to shoot us an email with thoughts and theories send that to westworldweekly at gmail.com thank you everybody for listening and we will catch you soon